Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and welcome to another episode of SoCal Sweat. I don't know about you, but I've always been fascinated by bodybuilding and fitness competitions. These elite athletes possess extreme mental discipline in their workouts and nutrition to get in shape and compete. Today, I'm able to feature my friend Madison Chase, who is the world's only three-time ESPN Miss Fitness champion. She is also the world's toughest celebrity trainer with a successful business across all platforms. Madison and I were fitness models on DVD several times, and she's continued to pursue the industry with a vengeance. Her elite classical ballet training and education from the prestigious Juilliard in New York City, along with so many others, including Elvin Ailey and Dallas Black Dance Theater. She's an on-camera host, trainer, model, writer, overall dynamic woman who has published in magazines like Oxygen, Muscle and Fitness, Hers, Heart and Soul, and she's also written her own book and DVD called Give Me 15. I now introduce you to Madison Chase of Madison Chase Fitness. Madison Chase on the line. Madison is the world's only three-time ESPN Miss Fitness champion and the world's toughest trainer to the stars, yet she teaches self-teaching so they can teach themselves, correct? <laughs> yes. Do-it-yourself help. Very good. Madison, you are home with your family in Texas. How is that going? Uh, you know, I can't complain. Uh, it's always good to be, you know, home with your family, especially during these, you know, peculiar times. That's what my friend said. I was like, yeah, these are peculiar yeah. times. So, yeah, I'm happy good. to be home. Family bonding. <laughs> are you training from um, your mom's home? Yes. Mm-hmm. With the online I videos. I and am. your dog helps you every once in a while, your multi-poo? You know, she does. She loves to be on camera. And I think she's so used to, you know, being with me. I used to take her with me everywhere I, I went when I was in California. Her name is actually Callie. Uh, so go <laughs> figure. She uh, definitely is all about being in my videos. And my mom named her Callie Joy because she's such a joy to be around. So she's always- Oh, that's that's really cute and fun to, fun to travel with. <laughs> um, So you did grow up in Madison. And, or, yeah, you grew up in Madison. Madison grew up in Texas. And um, I, I can attest because I grew up in Wisconsin. Texas is such a big meat and potatoes, butter, cheese, cream. Did you grow up eating more Texas- like barbecue and then you kind of changed your nutritional methods as you went through? You know what? I grew up very finicky. And even though my mom, she likes her meat, uh, she was never the, the parent who said you have to clean your plate or you have to eat these things. So literally growing up, I think I didn't uh, eat, a, I didn't have like a, a big diet, right? So I think I ate, I didn't like chicken uh, growing up initially because I saw my great grandfather wring a chicken's neck 
And so I knew, I was like, oh my gosh, that's a chicken. And when I saw the veins, I was like, that thing used to be alive. Sure. So I didn't like chicken. I didn't like cheese and I didn't like chocolate. Uh, so the only thing that I would eat growing up was hamburgers, but they only had to have mustard and pickles. <laughs> and then I would eat uh, pancakes. Like those were the two things that I ate. But once I started traveling and like literally from the time that I was like probably like 11 years old, I would go somewhere every summer and study ballet. And it wasn't until, you know, I went to Juilliard. And so before that, I really started to, you know, be more exposed to different things that my friends sure. were eating. And that's kind of how my diet kind of expanded. But my mom, she, we didn't eat out a lot. I think we only really ate, you know, growing up in a Bible-based kind mm -hmm. of state, like Texas, we would only really kind of eat out for Sunday dinner. And then of course, because literally I, were, wherever we went, if we went to a really nice restaurant, or if we went to Whataburger, which is like a really popular spot in, in Texas where you could kind of get your order, your hamburger made to order, I would literally get mustard and pickles. And so that was kind of like the thing that I grew up eating. And my mom is a great cook. So she would cook literally, you know, whatever I wanted, which was pancakes. And I got fancy and add some blueberries to my pancakes. But that sure. Was well, she kind of set the pace for your career. That's really interesting. Just the way people grow up and the fact that you weren't part of the clean plate club is a really good, good mm -hmm. thing. So if we can just backtrack, you mm -hmm. say Juilliard, I'm like, stop the presses. Okay. Cause that's so easy to get into. <laughs> that is so beautifully impressive with your athleticism. And I want to say, I've been watching your videos, um, while I have my broken leg and getting inspire, inspired, the proud Mary, I've sung that in my head for the last 24 hours watching that video. Oh my uh -huh. gosh, Madison, your foite turns are so Juilliard trained with that muscular body. I mean, I just, you, it is a work of art. It's so gorgeous. I can see why you got the world's triple, um, leading champion for women, um, the pressure of Juilliard, what, what was that whole process like? You know, it definitely was. So I think it started, I think one, I have to give all the credit to my mom because she noticed something about me. I was super, super shy. I used to be really, really shy. And, you know, I didn't like to talk, but I loved to dance. Like anytime I heard any kind of music, I was the person that was dancing in the car. If the radio was on, I was always dancing. So my mom noticed uh, that that was something that was a gift for me. And so when I was five, she put me in like a local, it was called Sojourner Truth. It was basically like a, uh, a recreational center uh, that was in my, where my great grandparents lived in Texas and it was around the corner from them. So I started there and then I auditioned for a six-year scholarship uh, for Fort Worth Ballet to be an apprentice one day and so basically they had these students and it was probably like maybe maybe 20 of us and the goal was we had the six-year scholarship and we would eventually become apprentice and principal dancers for the Fort Worth Ballet so I won that scholarship but there's a story behind that too because initially I auditioned and the audition was simply put the soles of your feet together and see if your knee if your knees you know I'm sitting on my bottom and she basically said, you know, put your feet together and let's see if your knees hit the ground. And they didn't because my hip flexors have always been tight. And basically she took, that was my audition for this six year scholarship. And she said, you'll, you'll never be a dancer. She told me this in front of my mom. 
I started crying. I think I was probably like 10 at this time. I started crying and uh, my mom said, never let anybody tell you what you I love your do. mom. And, and look at what you showed her. I know. She's the best. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, your mom is such, and I love right. that she groomed you and saw these talents because a lot of parents will be like, oh, don't, mm-hmm. oh, we don't want to do that and all these things. I just think that's wonderful. And the fact that this mm-hmm. woman said that to you, it's like, oh, just watch me. I kind of like, right. you just, yep. And you right. probably got the competitive nature that just lit the fire right there. Oh, but the interesting thing is, so fast forward, maybe like a couple of months passed and they were having auditions for the Nutcracker. And it was at the same place that I went where this woman said, I'll never be a a dancer. I'll never be a ballerina. And uh, her husband just happened to be auditioning for the Fort Worth Ballet's uh, Nutcracker. And so uh, there's, you know, hundreds of little girls, 300 little girls, very few African-American little girls, mm-hmm. of course, uh, the story of my life. Sure. <laughs> and so I'm auditioning and this man, the guy who is auditioning is over the Fort Worth Ballet apprenticeship where his wife had two months prior to told me that I'd never be a dancer. Uh, so after the audition, of course, I make the Nutcracker. And then he calls me and my mom and says, hey, we have this six-year scholarship program. I think your daughter would be perfect for the six-year scholarship program. So I ended up getting into the program. Over his wife. Where his wife <laughs> Over yes. his wife, yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's kind of how my career as a ballerina started. So I did the six-year program, but I think because of funding, it ended. Uh, but his name was... Fernando Schaffenberg. I remember him. I like and you'll him. never I forget him. Cool. I'll never forget him. And so from there, I went to like, you know, literally every summer after that point, um, you know, I would go to Houston and I would study ballet. I would go to Interlock in Michigan and I would study ballet. And then I got an opportunity to go to Juilliard with the School of American Ballet and study ballet with them, uh, you know, for a couple of summers. I think it was two Does summers. Does that nasty really. wife know that you got into uh, Juilliard and did so well? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she knew, but by that time, I was I was so enamored with ballet and uh, eventually, you know, kind of my eyes opened and I went to the Performing Arts High School in Dallas, Texas, and it kind of opened my eyes to other kinds of dance. Like I studied modern, I studied Graham, I studied uh, the Horton technique uh, for jazz. Um, So I studied all kinds of dance, African dance, tap, which I thought was kind of hard because if you're used to like flexing and pointing your toes, relaxing your feet uh, is a different kind of muscle that I wasn't really used to working. Um, so before I graduated high school, before I went to college, I actually danced professionally. Uh, and by this time I, it was probably like, I graduated when I was 17. Uh, so I've been dancing from the time that I was five to I was 17. And so I think by the time I danced professionally, there was a, so a lot of people from my high school went to this professional dance company and there was a young lady who essentially got pregnant on this international dance tour and she couldn't travel. Uh, And so we were going to Peru, Lima, Peru and uh, Italy for their international dance tour. And I got paid as a professional dancer when I was probably like 16 and 17. And then by that time, I think I was kind of done, but went to college and I was still a dance major. 
because to me in my head, I'm like, if I wanted to really pursue dancing, I would be in New York dancing with Ailey and at the time or dance theater Harlem because that's kind but of you where did my dance with Ailey, set. didn't you? I did. I did a summer program with Ailey too. They actually came to my college and they did like a a month long program. So it wasn't actually in New York with Ailey, uh, but it was a program where they came to my college and did like a kind of like a two month seminar. And then I got a chance to meet like Arthur Mitchell. Um, and then I know, uh, so my senior year in high school, they have this competition called the Presidential Scholars. So basically it's seniors from all over the country where they compete in all facets of the performing arts. And so um, out of, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of seniors around the country, uh, the finalists get to go and perform for the president of the United States. Uh, so I was a finalist to the presidential wow. scholars, but during part of that time, I got a chance to meet uh, uh, a guy who went on to dance with Ailey. And then, of course, you know, it was one of my, uh, Judith Jamison, I got a chance to take a class from her. I got a chance to meet Arthur uh, Mitchell, who started the Dance Theater of Harlem. I got a chance to meet him, you know, when I was really, really young. So dance was, you know, the thing that really inspired me and kind of led me. Absolutely. And I, I love that you just conquered all those barriers. And I just love that woman who said you would never be a dancer because of those soles not touching with the knees because your hip flexors were tight. That just goes to show yeah. I, I'm so proud of you. And it really goes to show the way you were brought up. It's like, clearly your mom is so strong that you she put that innate belief in you it's like oh keep going just watch me because I've got it so mm -hmm, this put you through mm -hmm. and, it, and it it's very evident when I watch your the ESPN fitness competitions and that's that's just mm -hmm. as competitive if not more but it's maybe not as like nasty maybe as ballet and dances yeah yes. I, I want to see that because I know because I being a dancer and a fitness person too there's just it's almost like acting and modeling modeling has a whole different mm -hmm. attitude level than acting and I think that dance has a whole mm -hmm. different attitude level than fitness fitness people are almost like a little bit more supportive of each other um plus yeah. when you have what they they can clearly see that you know, they could learn from you. So how interesting to go from that world to the fitness world. And it was probably a giant relief. And you already knew the discipline with ba from ballet of nutrition. And, mm -hmm. and it is so, so, so difficult to do a fitness competition besides the diet. People don't realize that at the end, you don't even mm -hmm. drink water and you're so exhausted. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's one thing to be said mm -hmm. for bodybuilders or figure competitors, but you have to do all the gymnastics and then you've got to have be like in a pageant. Mm -hmm. And I was so interested to read that not only did you win this three times, but you also conquered your fear of public speaking. And that is one scary mm -hmm. thing on top of being in a bikini. That's not even, it's a micro bikini. It's not even a bikini. So, right. <laughs> I mean, what, it's, would you remember a moment that got you over that hump or did you just keep believing in yourself like your mother did and that woman didn't? <laughs> uh, you know, I think when I started competing in fitness competitions, I saw Madonna Grimes and I was like, man, I want to do what she yeah. did. And so I didn't really have any experience in gymnastics. So I started taking 
gymnastics classes and uh, I wanted to be able to do a flip. And while I was at Juilliard, I actually broke my ankle in two places and had to have surgery. And that kind of changed kind of like the trajectory of, you know, what I wanted to do in terms of being a dancer. So after I rehabilitated and went through physical therapy, then I started, you know, I started to miss dancing. I started to miss uh, competing and being on stage. And so I've always adored Tina Turner. And uh, I just feel like, you know, in terms of her youthfulness her body and, legs. and her Jeez. body, her legs, like all of that, you know, I've always Sexy. adored her. So um, I had a friend that I used to dance with at, um, the professional dance company that I was a part of uh, before I went to college and she choreographed my routine for me. And I kind of had an idea of the music that I wanted to use and the energy because at the time there's a style for everything. Right. And so there was a style that people were doing, um, you know, for fitness competitions, but I'm like, no one's really paying tribute to people that they admire. And even, you know, on my website, I talk about the people like Jack LaLanne. I talk about Jane Fonda because I was an avid, you know, my mom would, I remember she had um, a ton of fitness DVDs. Uh, so there was uh, Abs of Steel, Buns sure. of Steel, Tammy Lee. And I would always watch all of these fitness videos. And then I started watching fitness infomercials. Uh, and so for me, the transition was, I feel like it was a natural progression, you know, in terms of wanting to do fitness and dancers are pretty vain about their body. So actually in college for me being super, super shy, having braces, not wanting to talk, me overcoming my fear of public speaking was me getting into pageants and having to be on stage to publicly have a platform and start sharing my opinion. And so that's kind of how I got into pageants uh, and being able to use dance as my talent because I wanted to overcome my fear of public speaking. Uh, and then the pageants kind of led me into, you know, working out to train to, you know, have that fitness competitive body and being able to do the one arm push ups and being able to do, you know, the center splits and holding yourself up and all of those things that, you know, I didn't necessarily have to do sure. as a dancer, but I had to do it as a fitness But besides that, your talents, uh, I mean, you're, you're, you have the perfect body for it. I mean, just completely symmetrical beyond. I mean, it just, you. it was so thank fun to watch. You. The Foyte turns alone, I just was like, you got to be kidding me. So this led you, and I love that you grabbed the opportunities because you got so many opportunities from this. And I'm assuming that's IFBB Pro, correct? No, it was actually at the time oh, Fitness sure. America, and they used to, yeah, they used to have it on uh, ESPN, and so ESPN, ESPN two, I think. The oh, Fitness I used America to watch those all the time. Had, yeah, yeah, they used to have a a contract with uh, ESPN and sure. ESPN two. So that's how I think they kind of like initially first started. Uh, you know, doing like the small kind of competitions where it would be, you know, some of the girls who competed in the uh, the Fitness America as well as the Fitness International pageants. And I I thought about doing IFBB, but by that time I was like, ah, 
Yeah. I think I'm okay. And so I started doing fitness uh, videos and that's kind of when I'm Which is how we met. And Madison, yeah, <laughs> Madison and I met. met on um, a DVD series called, with Barry's Bootcamp, which is everybody knows today the um, the actual franchise, and a couple other ones. I think we did Prevention yes. Magazine. I think we did some other ones. Yeah. Um, so uh-huh. there were always a group of us, and Madison was always the most annoying, advanced person. They always pick a they always pick a modifier. <laughs> At least I didn't get that. That was that was a good um, modifier, and then someone who's more advanced. And some of these things were ridiculous and. It's funny because you're so excited mm-hmm. to book a fitness video and you're like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I did the addition really well. Da, da, da. And then it's like you wake up that morning and you're like, oh God, I booked a fitness video. <laughs> it's just the day is mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. And as Madison and I can attest to, if someone screws up, you've got to start from the beginning. You can't just do a pickup shot. So yeah. nobody better screw up. Um, yeah. And you kept going. Yeah. I mean, you've done over 450. Do you just like, do you like being a masochist, Madison? <laughs> you know what it was I think at that time in my head I was like I get paid to work out you know so in my head I was like this is a workout I get free fitness clothes um I get mentors like Gunnar Peterson other celebrity trainers you know Harley Pasternak so all of these really great other celebrity trainers, you know, Gunnar and I used to talk all the time and he was kind of like the first like celebrity trainer to even kind of coin that term. Uh, And so, you know, I learned so much from all of those videos that we did. Some of those videos, I think, you know, you may never see them, but, you know, in terms of, you know, building a resume so that I could eventually, you know, get on a but you also did a, a the Kardashian video, didn't you? Kim Kardashian, I think I did something on my page and she uh, either put my video, cause I was talking about buns and how to get a, a nice butt or great buns. Cause I used to teach an abs and buns class when I taught at Equinox. And so somehow, I don't know how she found my video, mm-hmm. but she put it on her, on her page and so I was like oh this is great Kim Kardashian yeah awesome um so that from there I also just you have you're so well published you do a lot of hosting and you have a plethora of different programs you have the give me 15 hit method you also have a cut to the chase could you please highlight just for our listeners so I want to make sure that you get everything every part of your business out there Okay, so I came up with the Give Me 15 uh, program, the Give Me 15 system, uh, low to high intense interval training, uh, because one of the things when I was working with some of my celebrity clients, like uh, Amber Riley from Glee, Chris Tucker uh, from Rush Hour, and Robert Patterson from the Twilight series, because one of the things when I was teaching and or training clients the biggest excuse that I would get was, I don't have time, Madison. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to eat right. And so I was like, but you have 15 minutes, right? You have 15 minutes. Everybody's got 15 minutes. So if you could just keep adding those 15 minutes together. So initially starting with 15 minutes and then you increase to 30 minutes and then you increase to 45 minutes and then you get to 60 minutes and just starting in those small increments and being consistent with those first 15 minutes eventually will get you to 
you know, it'll build your endurance and your stamina, and then eventually you'll be doing an hour. So that's how I came up with the Give, Give Me 15 program. And then the ABCs and one, two, threes, um, that program initially started with, you know, abs, buns, and your cardio and core. Like those are the, the muscle groups that you can essentially work every single day, right? You need to do cardio every day. You should do your core every day. Uh, I think buns are kind of like it's your largest muscle group, but it's also the the thing that we don't really know how to activate very well. And then the one, two, threes of nutrition, because I feel like it's it's been proven that eighty percent of how your body looks is determined by what you eat, right? Eighty percent of what you eat. So it's the yeah, it's the ABCs of nutrition and one, two, threes of fitness. Uh, but it included your abs, your buns, and your core, uh, and just a full body workout. And then I started doing hosting things because after I was working with the celebrity clients that I had, I wanted to expand. And so a lot, because I'm African-American, a lot of my clients were mainly African-American. And so I'm like, I want to be able to meet other people. And so personal training for me is very personal. And you become friends with a lot of people. So a lot, because a lot of my clients were celebrities i'm like man i could i have interesting things to talk to them on the carpet about and so i started doing hosting uh for maria maria menunos from e-television so she has a huge platform uh and i started talking about the shows that i liked uh so after shows and so i got a chance to do interviews for uh, the sag Yep, After Buzz. Yep, I started working with After Buzz. And so uh, because I had great relationships with some of my celebrity clients and I've done some of their television shows, uh, it just kind of opened the door for me to meet other clients. And uh, after, you know, working with Maria, I eventually started to get interested in just sharing my, my voice in terms of like health and wellness and what that sounds like. And so I started doing my podcast, which was Cut to the Chase at Eight. Uh, and literally it was kind of giving people like highlights of things because I felt like in between all of that time, I worked in pharmaceutical sales too. So for anti-obesity, um, yes. was it Nova Nordisk? Uh, I worked for uh, a company that sold uh, diabetes insulin. So I sold a diabetes insulin, then I sold high blood pressure medication, then I sold a medication for pulmonary embolism, which was kind of like a, an extension of the things that I share with some of my clients. And so absolutely look at what ethos that gives yes. you just a, a, a stronger resume. Everything just in your life has completely, I know it's not been easy, no. major ups and downs for sure, <laughs> but that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah. And it's really fun to watch. But, but unlike other people, you get all of these opportunities. Some people are like, Oh, I'm not I'm not good enough to da. da, da. You take those, you grasp mm -hmm. at them, and and you and you go for mm -hmm. it, and then you, you you take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So all these things don't—they're not by accident, and it's really cool. Mm -hmm. So to, for people to find all of these things, mm -hmm. they can obviously go to your Instagram. I'll put all of this stuff below mm -hmm. for sure. But mainly the website—would they go to the website first? I, I would say Instagram because actually I have okay. an IT guy, and so we're working on a Patreon page because now. Uh, because of COVID, I am doing a virtual class and I've been doing Facebook lives too uh, and starting my podcast because eventually, you know, for me, the podcast was more about giving people like nuggets because I feel like sometimes if you hear something once, you may kind of remember it, but if you hear it 
over and over again, eventually the seed is going to blossom. And so absolutely having bite sized pieces. Yeah. Having it in multiple places. So whether it's on Facebook um, or Instagram, but now uh, essentially my podcast and Facebook live and Instagram live, Instagram live, I think, or Facebook, I think right now, cause I haven't really touched my website because I've really been focused on uh, teaching and my, the people that come to my class, like literally it has become like a community of people that are holding each other accountable. And my goal is really to help people do it themselves. Because I mm -hmm. think eventually when you do it yourself, you are, the, you're taking accountability for your results. And so oftentimes I've had that happen with some clients where, you know, if you're working with a trainer and you're paying them X amount of dollars, if you don't get the results that you desire, it's easy for you to say, well, Madison, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, and that's the person who doesn't really want to be responsible for themselves, right? At all. It's, it's the excuses. It's where an excuse. They're not losing weight. It is yep, one of constantly. the, the the constant things that I've gotten, you know, and, and, and I'm a nice person. Uh, so I think that also, but you are the world's toughest trainer. I so am, you have to get but a it's little a, bit of it's, edge it's, there. A, it's kind of like a tough love, right? It's almost like a tough love where sometimes not every client is going to be a good client and you can't work with everybody, especially if you realize nice. the person is not going to be responsible for themselves you have mm -hmm. to let some clients go. So, well, there's, that's the reason this is a billion dollar business because people want, sometimes like I, I've had people come up to me like, Oh, well, what do you, what do you take to look like that? Like, what do you take? Mm -hmm. They want a magic pill. Yep. They want something. Well, no, it's actually a good old fashioned deficit surplus and exercise. I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's the only way to yep. do it. Um, and obviously we're kind about it, yeah. but with that, on, along that same line, um, I loved, I think it was one of your podcasts. You said something like, I kind of teach people how to eat the rest of their lives. Yes. Like, like if they have to have that latte, yes. then you have to incorporate that because otherwise you're going to break and you're going to fail. Absolutely. Um, and I really love that because people can't, it's just, there's only so much, you know, like paleo, yeah. you can do paleo and that's yep. great or keto, yep. but you can't continue that the rest mm -hmm. of your life unless you really, really can. Yep. Um, but that could cause other health problems. Yep. And with food, I have to ask you, what is Madison Chase's favorite cheat food, if you call it that? You know what? Here's the thing. I think in the fitness industry, in the diet industry, it's such a big industry, right? And I don't know who came up with the idea of a cheat food or sure. if I work out, I could eat whatever I want. And so really kind of breaking down those myths, right? The person who could eat whatever they want is, you know, Ryan Phillips, who's burning 10,000 calories, right? Like, right. he's disciplined his body in a way that this is something that he's doing long-term, right? So for me, I don't necessarily have a cheap item or a cheap thing. I do like certain things, but I do try to find the healthier alternative to the things mm -hmm. that I like, right? Like, I love like the thing that I cheat with sometimes I loved um, apple pies. Right. But now instead of going to, you know, I used to get them from church's chicken because they'll make they'll deep fry them and then they'll put this icing mm. on it. 
Amen. Amen. And it's fresh and the, the crust is crunchy on the outside. But now if I want apple pie, now don't get me wrong. Sometimes I, I will stop through Church's Chicken and have apple pie, even though it's not completely vegan. Um, but uh, one of the things that I do for myself is I'll make a raw apple pie and it you know the crust is made with nuts it's made with cashews it's made with almonds it's made with dates and literally it's a no-bake pie um, it's not deep fried there's no icing there's no dairy and so i found ways to have alternatives to the things that i like and i think you know i always say if you can't do it for the rest of your life don't do it. You know, if that is, you know, the trendy, oh, if you eat one meal a day, or if you start intermittent fasting, like all of those things, you know, if you can't do it for the rest of your life, then. Yep. I think that's a wonderful lesson. Yeah. And, and it just, it, and then it takes the daunting scary mm-hmm. and you're right. Cheat food, it just has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that you said that it shouldn't be in that diet. And plus it's a genius way you like you like the church's chicken apple pie you turn it into like a baked recipe of your mm-hmm. own that's mm-hmm. that's vegan mm-hmm. and it's just the trick of the trade and i i am the queen of like learning how to manipulate mm-hmm. foods and then with spices like if if it's not if it's not flavorful i am not going to follow oh, it it's yeah. got to be that flavor yeah. like i mean just all these different like even like the mrs dash seasonings for bodybuilders there's no salt in yep. there um and it just it it really creates that society, that satiety so i and i love liquid smoke i love mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I love Splenda, and I know that's good for you, but I, I like it. It just dissolves. It dissolves in iced coffee. Yeah. The other ones don't dissolve. They sit at the bottom, and I can't stand yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, well, Madison, thank you so much. And if you could just kind of say, and I will make sure that everybody gets all of your um all of your links. And I think your Instagram is best because I looked at all mm-hmm. of the. It's really well laid out, and you can go to all the different categories. Mm-hmm. What are your goals and dreams for the future, and or? Who would be your absolute ultimate person to train? Mm, you know, my ultimate person, like I enjoy celebrities because I feel like they have such a high stake in terms of getting results, right? Because they're going to be on camera or whatever, or even athletes, right? So I want people who are athletes at heart, right? Who are one willing to be accountable for their results, willing to create accountability in, you know, where they work, their families, the people that they spend the most time with. So my ideal person is the person who is one, willing to be responsible for the results that they get and willing to partner and help me create strategies that are going to work for them long-term. That's my ideal client. It's wonderful. They, they listen, they show up on yes. time. They're interested. They appreciate yes. you. They don't blame you if something doesn't work. Yes. You know, there's, there's, you can't, you can't, you can't out, you can't like, what is it? Out, 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 out honesty, a diet. Yep. I'm sure they're working out hard with you, but like, why isn't this? Oh, I'm not eating that. I'm not eating that. Well, yes. of course you are. Like you said, it's 80% diet. Um, so it's just very interesting. Well, I love that mentality. And how fun would it be like train the rock or Mark? Oh Mark my Wahlberg goodness. Because they are just I mean, die hard. You know, there are certain people that I really enjoy, you know, having worked with a ton of celebrities and knowing a lot of celebrities, like, uh, I wasn't a fan of a lot of people, but Dwayne The Rock Johnson is one of the nicest people Nicest, ever. I agree. so super sweet. And I wasn't really a fan until I actually met him. And he's that person. He is nice and kind to everybody. So 
I don't know. I'm not a fan of a lot of people, actually, Anne. <laughs> and that's I know. that's sad to say. So really, you know, back in the day when I first moved to LA, you know, I didn't have like, oh my gosh, I love such and such. Like I love people Me like either. Mikhail Baryshnikov and Judith Jameson and you know. Those were the people that I wanted to meet. Debbie Allen, because she was, you know, sure. oh, she great. was on one of my favorite shows. So I got a chance to meet her. So those were the people that I would be like, oh my gosh, it's Debbie Allen. You know, I would be starstruck over right. those kind of people because they, and the lo- they were, oh, well, they had a true talent in, in, a, in a heart, yes. like something deep within them. Yes. You're right. And it's like, I think you and I can really attest, um, yeah, for me too. I'm like, if someone shows bad character, yeah. I don't care what they've done and how great they yes. are. I don't, I don't care for them. Exactly. And I've worked just working in film and television. I've worked with a lot mm-hmm. of people who I just, just are vile, mm-hmm. vile. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't stand it. But you know what? We, it kind of makes you want to be nicer because yep. you want to want to almost outwork them or out heart them because it's like, and you know what? After a while, it comes to the surface. Yeah, it does. You know, karma's karma's karma. Yes, so for sure. And God is watching. Yes, <laughs> so. yes, all the time. Anyway, well, Miss Madison, I do not want to keep you from your beautiful mother. Um, and can you thank her for letting me letting me um, just take your time? And I just have a wonderful uh, rest of your time with her. Um, it's been a real pleasure. And I, it, from that very first day that I met you, since we've all the fitness videos you've done, you've never changed. You've always been so kind and as you have just driven that success like it's skyrocketed and you've never changed your personality in fact you've probably gotten nicer or kinder or or more giving so i think it's really wonderful and i support you wholeheartedly always oh thank you and i appreciate you even wanting to to chat with me and so i'm super excited about um listening and sharing this podcast with people so thank you so much And that was my dear friend, Madison Chase of Madison Chase Fitness. She's the world's only three-time ESPN Miss Fitness champion, a celebrity trainer, author, and host. You can find all of her educational and training videos at Madison Chase Fitness on Instagram. And I'll, of course, include all of her links below. Thank you again, and please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, TunedIn, or at Believe.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered in the show at Ann McDaniels. Please stay tuned in next week to learn about Rollology Fitness and its innovative foam rolling workouts. Thanks again for listening to SoCal Sweat. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.